Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daft Differently. My name is Rabbi Joel Levy, and today we are learning Masechet Megillah, Daf Chet. We find ourselves in the middle of a series of Mishnayot that all have the same literary structure. Ein bein ze uvein ze ela. There's no difference between this and that except for the following. This series of Mishnayot began by stating that Ein bein adarishon la adar sheni ela kriata megillah. There's no difference. The only difference between the Darishon and the Darshani is Kriyata Megillah, reading of the Megillah, and gifts to the poor. I'm not going to go into detail about that. That then opened the doorway for a whole series of Mishnayot which have the same literary structure. A couple of pages later, Ein Bein Yom Tov le Shabbat El Ochel Nefesh Bilvad. There's only one difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov, and that's with respect to preparing food. Ein Bein Shabbat Le Yom Kippurim. There's no difference between Shabbat and Yom Kippur, except that this one, if you break it on purpose, then you get punished by man, by humanity, and the other one, if you break it on purpose, then you get punished by heaven. And then we end up with our, again, not going into detail about that, but then we end up with our Mishnah um, about, it reads as follows, Ein bein hamudar hanna'amechavero. Uh, the only difference between someone who makes a neder, a vow, not to gain any hana'a, any benefit from his neighbor, uh, and a person who makes a neder not to take food from him, the only difference is drisata uh, regel, is the falling of the foot, meaning in uh, that you are not allowed to go on the person's property if you have a hana'a, a benefit, a, a neder of full hana'a. V'kelim she'ein osim behem ochel nefesh, and also kelim that are used for the preparation of food, in the case that it's a full neder of hana'a, of any enjoyment, then you wouldn't be allowed to use a kli. That was not for the purpose of, of uh, Ochel Nefesh. Let's take a tiny step backwards and just say a few words about uh, Nadarim. Um, if we look at Parshat Matot in Sefer Bamidbar, it says that uh, when people make promises, vows, oaths, any form of verbal declaration, they have to stick to them. You have to follow what you say when you make a vow or a promise. Uh, the full verse there, if a person makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. 
The verse seems to make a distinction between Nidarim and Shavuot, uh, between a vow and an oath, and the rabbis pick up on that, and they say that a neder is, uh, refers to uh, a ban on a particular object, whereas a Shavuot applies to the person. If I wanted to stop myself from drinking alcohol, for example, I could do it either by way of a neder or by way of a shvua. If I made a neder not to drink wine then or alcohol, then that would mean I was promising not to gain any benefit from the object from wine. I couldn't drink wine because wine had become forbidden to me. But alternatively, I could make an oath not to drink wine, and that, and that oath would apply to me as a person. I am not allowed to drink wine. Here in our Mishnah, they're talking about Nadarim. They're talking about um, um, vows. And uh, they're making a distinction between someone who makes a neder not to gain any benefit from his neighbor and someone who makes a vow simply not to get food from his neighbor. The neder, um, in the case of uh, wine, is a way of using the power of a, a divine promise, a promise to God to restrict my behavior. Someone who was travel- having trouble with alcohol consumption could, in theory, make a neder not to uh, gain any benefit from alcohol. That isn't a crazy thing to do. The story or the, the case that's presented in the Mishnah here that we're looking at is slightly different. Here I'm saying I'm making a neder not to gain any benefit from my neighbor. I'm not going to enjoy anything that belongs to my neighbor. That looks like it's the result of some kind of breakdown of relationship, but I can imagine other scenarios when one might make such a neder. I, I fell out of relationship with someone and someone's really annoyed me, and I say furiously, that, well, that's it, I'm not going to gain any benefit from him ever again. The more specific case is the case where I where I say, that's it, I'm never eating his food again. We can imagine a scenario where that might be an appropriate response. Maybe after a dire meal that I had just eaten, I will never, I make a neder never to eat this person's food again. Gemara asks an interesting question. says, well, the difference between the two cases, one of the differences between the two cases is what's called Drisat HaRegel. If I make a total vow of Hana'ah, then that also includes never being allowed to set foot on that person's property, not being able to sit on the grass in his yard, for example. To which the Gemara responds, well, people don't really care about that. Ha lo kapti inashe. Like, people don't care whether people walk over their yard or not. So how can we insist that this person avoids walking on the other person's property? Interesting from a kind of European or an American perspective. British people care terribly whether people walk over their grass or not. So of course we are kapti, we are, we care whether people walk over our property. I'm not sure whether Americans are equally neurotic. I haven't spent enough time in North America. But either way, the Gomorrah uh, responds to that and said, we don't care whether whether people care or not, because in the realm of vows, vitur asur bermudar hana'a. We don't take into account the fact that someone might not care about that kind of benefit. Once you've made that vow not to gain hana'a from someone, that's it. You can no longer gain any form of hana'a from that person. 
The system of vows in Judaism allows for the possibility of people making really stupid vows and having to abide by them. Um, and in general, the uh, tradition says that once you've made one of those vows, you're stuck and that you have to abide by it. The tradition doesn't say, look, you just made a stupid vow and, um, and it shouldn't count, even if that vow seems to contradict some other religious obligation. For example, the kinds of vows that I was describing seem to contradict maybe a primary religious obligation of you should love your neighbor as yourself. I might be making a vow that's very hurtful to somebody and very unpleasant. The tradition doesn't automatically invalidate vows just because they're silly, hurtful, or unpleasant. However, the rabbis did allow a doorway uh, into annulling vows, uh, an area of Jewish law called hatarat nadarim, the annulling of vows. The rabbis themselves were very well aware of the fact, it states in the Mishnah in Masechet Chagiga, that they had no textual basis for Hatarat Nadarim. There really was no explanation for where that area of Jewish law came from. They invented an, an area of Jewish law called Hatarat Nadarim, how to annul vows, and said that under certain circumstances, in fact under most circumstances, you could find a way of going to a baked din and undoing the dangerous vows that could impact upon your relationships with those people around you. The rabbis didn't allow, as we saw in this piece of Gemara, subjective statements or subjective experiences to impact upon the sacred nature of vows. We don't allow people to say, that didn't matter to me. Language is indeed sacred, and the rabbis bent over backwards to confirm the sanctity of language and the significance of language, whilst at the same time inventing a whole area of Jewish law on how to annul vows and how to get them people out of the mess they'd got themselves into through the language of Nudarim. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.